This is episode 59 of the Popcast. Welcome to the Popcast, a weekly podcast all about pop culture in three regular segments. We're your hosts, Maureen and Josh Goldman. Welcome back, everybody. Maureen, how are you? I'm great, honey. How are you? I'm doing well. The end of summer is upon us. I know. Well, not official summer. Official summer is over in September, but the end of August just feels like... I mean, we had pretty much fall weather the past couple days here. Yeah, it's been a little chilly. So... Are you sad that the summer's over? I mean, chilly. It's been like 80 instead of like 100 degrees. No, it's been in the 70s, I think, actually, which is chillier than the 90s it's been. Yeah, you're right. Are you sad for summer to be over? I am. Is summer your favorite season? Yeah, I think so. Historically, yes, it has been. Is that because you associate it with school being out and and being able to go to the pool? Yes, I also love being hot. I love the water. I love beach. I love lake. I love ocean. I love pool. You love love lamp? I love lamp. <laughs> um, no, I love all water. I love being hot and being outside and like being in the sun. I love the longer days. Like that's a big one for me. I feel like that's the best thing about summer for me is the longer days. I've even started to notice now that the sun is is going yeah. down earlier. This year, I really feel like for me, it peaked in June. June was just like this. There, I don't know. It was just, I think, because the days are like getting longer. There's something about spring that's really renewing now that I'm like, in my 30s and like an adult because I don't have summers off. Um, but yes, I do like the summer and I'm very sad to see it So go. do you like the time between Memorial Day and like the end of June? So it's not officially summer until June 21st, but you like the end of spring into the hot days? Yeah, I like it all. I like it all. All right. Well, that's our episode for this this week, guys. <laughs> you no, just kidding. Okay. So we're going to jump right in the snack bag. We've got a lot to talk about this week. There's been a ton of news. We're not going to cover everything. I do want to say up front that I am aware of all of the stuff that Disney released, all their trailers for their upcoming TV platform. We might do a whole episode on that because even though Maureen's not going to let us subscribe to it. Guess what? What? Our friends are getting it. So we may be able to test it out and see if they like it. Oh, my so goodness. So Michelle, who is one of our star listeners, I was hanging out with her today, and she was saying that um, her fiancé, Josh, is like all in. He's interested. He's like Star Wars. He likes all of it. She was like, he's going to make us get the Disney thing. So maybe sure. we can check it out, yeah. see if it's worth it. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I could at least watch one of the shows. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on some of the content they've released, but some of it looks good, like The Mandalorian, which is the Star Wars spinoff show. Some of it looks like... Like, why are they doing this? Like the live action Lady and the Tramp? Yes, that is happening. Mm. So we'll do a whole episode on that. But for now, we are aware of it uh, and we'll talk about it later. But the first thing I want to talk about this week was big news that Spider-Man is apparently leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'll give a brief rundown of what happened because I explained this to Maureen last night yeah. when we were out to dinner on a date night and she was still a little confused. I was so like, what? How? Tell me again about Spider-Man and what happened with Sony? So basically... What happened is Sony, the company, owns the rights to the movie version of Spider-Man. Spider-Man is a Marvel comic, but Sony owns the rights to make movies, and they have for a long time. And so back when the Tobey Maguire movies were out, those were Sony properties. Back when they did the Andrew Garfield reboot in 2012, that was a Sony property. Cut to 2015, and Marvel really wanted to have Spider-Man as part of the universe. He's a huge character in the whole story, so they wanted him to interact with their characters. So they struck a deal with Sony to co-produce the Spider-Man movies and allow him to appear in the Marvel movies. So he was in Captain America Civil War, and then he was in the Avengers movies, and of course he had his own two movies, Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home. Well, now that deal is over. Marvel wants to continue the partnership, but... 
unfortunately, they want more money this time. They want to earn more of the profits. And Sony has said, no way. And they walked away from the negotiating table. So as of now, the next couple Spider-Man movies will not be connected in any way to any of the previous Marvel movies. So there will be back to like the Tobey Maguire days. Well, there will be no reference to anything that happened. So you guys might remember from our conversation that Zach and I had about Spider-Man Far From Home that that movie was entirely about the aftermath of Avengers Endgame. And so without that, it's going to be weird to go to a, a situation where Peter Parker as a character, still played by Tom Holland, who's a very good Spider-Man, he's under contract for two more movies, he's not going to be referencing any of the other events that have happened to him. Okay, so Maureen, what do you think of this whole thing? Like, I, I feel like it's a big deal, but there's still a chance they could come back to the negotiating table. But I feel like it's weird that all of a sudden Spider-Man will have no connection to Iron Man or Captain America or any of the events that he went through in the previous five appearances we've seen him in. All I can say is money, 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 because everyone's just being greedy. I mean, they don't really care about the integrity of the story or like what will happen now that we don't have this backstory or like how do we not reference it? They don't care. They care about dollar dollar bills. And I think that the audience will like notice it and diehard fans will probably be upset. But I still think the Spider-Man movies will rake in tons of money and be fine. And it'll just be a little awkward that they don't talk about it and everyone will move on. Yeah, I think you said something to me last night, which is this could be a bad move for Sony because they're basically relinquishing the creative decisions that Marvel has made, which have made all of their movies so successful. So it'll be interesting to see if, in fact, their movie can be good without the input of Kevin Feige and Marvel. So we'll see. Spider-Man 3 is not set to come out for a couple of years, so there is certainly plenty of time for them to come back to the negotiating table and make this happen. But for now, Spider-Man is out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, our next snack bag topic Maureen, this is just upsetting news to me because I heard recently that there are going to be reboots of some of the most popular things from our childhood, probably. One, Home Alone is getting a reboot. No. Yes, and I don't believe Macaulay Culkin is set to play any part, but they're going to do something, a TV show, a movie, but they're going to redo Home Alone. No. The first two are great. They they didn't need to... They don't need to touch those. The The first two. I mean, the number two is still... Whatever. The first one is the only one I care about, but it just never needs to be redone. It's really good. And then another reboot, Lizzie McGuire is coming back. But isn't Hilary Duff playing it? Hilary Duff is coming back, but why? Why? Was was Lizzie McGuire that popular? Yeah, but here's they the thing. Need Hilary to have a Duff reboot? is popular now. She's on Younger. She's like crushing it. She has a huge Instagram following. I think that like with Disney coming back with its own streaming thing, they need content and they probably think see this as like a slam dunk low-hanging fruit and so I what you're saying right. is money 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 yes, yes exactly okay i'm just really heated about this lizzie mcguire reboot i don't know why i know strange okay let's move on before i get even more heated okay to our last snack bag topic this week we are going to talk about how taylor swift is going to re-record all of her early music why now maureen i have to give you the background on this case you weren't following i wasn't but basically i know okay <laughs> what's happening i don't know why i said it like that i knew you weren't following so for Wait, you, i have to give you the background because you have no idea what i'm about to say so for you and our listeners here's what happened taylor swift's catalog at big machine her record label was purchased by scooter braun who is an agent manager he he's the agent for justin bieber 
pretty famous guy in the music industry. He bought all of Big Machine Records, which means that he now owns all of Taylor Swift's master recordings from her early records based on the record deal she had with Big Machine. So when that music gets played, she doesn't get all the money herself. It goes through to Big Machine, which now goes to Scooter Braun instead of to Taylor Swift. And this is typically how record deals are done. The, The record label will own the master recording, which is like the original copy of the recording. But she only did that because she wasn't super famous yet. Right. When she was young, she signed a record deal. And, and that was a great deal for her at Right, the time. because she got money to record her albums, but now she's ex- incredibly famous. Her music is streamed all the time, and she doesn't own it. And she must have had some deal with Big Machine that she was getting some percentage of that, but I think that might have just been a courtesy from Big Machine. But I don't know what the deal what is between... What happened Big Machine? Why did they go they out just of business? Got, they just got bought, you know, as a competitive offer. They wanted to make some money and so they sold their catalog and their record label to Scooter Braun. So to get around this, Taylor Swift is going to re-record all of her music so she will own all of the new recordings and then she will encourage her fans to buy those and stream those. It's a pretty cool move by Taylor Swift. Instead of the other ones. Instead of the original ones. So she's going to re-record. I would assume so. She's much older. She's going to re-record all of her old country albums. So it'll be really interesting because she just released this past week her latest pop album. And and then she's talking about going back and re-recording stuff she wrote and recorded when she was 15, 16, 17. So I think it'll be really interesting. A band that I really like, Carbon Leaf, did this as well because they were assigned to a record label. They did not own the master recordings. They went back and re-recorded the three albums that they had done under the record label. And I actually like the new versions more. They were able to sort of re-examine them. They were able to do them the way that they wanted without a studio or record label telling them, you know, giving them notes and things like that. So I think it could be a really fun creative challenge for Taylor Swift. She's got a lot to re-record, but I think it's kind of cool that she's going to do that. Yeah, good for you, Taylor. All right, so that'll do it for the snack bag this week. Let's move on to our premiere topic. This week, we've got something really fun. We did this last year about the same time. We're going to look at trailers for possible 2020 Oscar contenders. The award season is nearly upon us. All of the major fall film festivals are just around the corner. Venice and Telluride film festivals start later this week, and the Toronto Film Festival will begin soon. We're going to look at some of the films that might be in the major awards conversations this fall. And just as a disclaimer before we start, the ones we're looking at are ones that have trailers out right now. So there are a few that we still know next to nothing about and that don't have trailers. And we're also not going to talk this week about movies that have already come out. So a movie like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Quentin Tarantino movie that could potentially get into the Best Picture race. We're not going to talk about that because we're only talking about movies based on their trailers. We're going to call this Snap Judgment 2020 Oscar Contenders. So for the following movies, here's how we're going to rank them. We're each going to watch a trailer, And then we're going to talk a little bit about it and talk about the movie. We're going to talk about whether or not we think it's going to be in the awards conversation. And then we're going to rate it on a scale of, oh, yeah, eh, or heck no. Maureen, you ready to get into this? I am so ready. Okay. So the first one we're going to talk about is The Irishman. It is directed by Morton Scorsese, starring Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel, Joe Pesci, and Anna Paquin. The brief brief synopsis is a mob hitman recalls his possible involvement with the slaying of Jimmy Hoffa. This is Scorsese's first movie since 2016's Silence. Hello? Hi, my friend. I got that kid I was talking to you about here. 
I'm gonna put him on the phone and let you talk to him, okay? Hello? Is that Frank? Yes. Hiya, Frank. This is Jimmy Hoffa. Glad to meet you. Glad to meet you, too, even if it's over the phone. Our friend speaks very highly of you. Thank you. Only three people in the world have one of these. And only one of them is Irish. I heard you paint houses. No, 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 yes, I do, sir. Okay, Josh, what is your snap judgment? Okay, so let's first talk about... No, you have to give it a... Okay, I'll rate it choices. first. Okay, I will say... Eh. Yeah, me too. I was between eh and heck no. I think personally, heck no, but I think for Oscar contender, probably like an eh to an oh yeah, this will probably do well. But like after watching the trailer, I'm not really sure what this is about. I'm also, also not really why sure. why are we trying to make Joe Pesci look so much older and Robert De Niro look so much younger? Okay, so that's one of the things. They're doing this de-aging technology. I hate this. Okay. I hate it. Yeah. It's weird and creepy. We know how old these people are in real life. It's a little weird. I I, I don't really... This is like not the first time I've seen this trailer. I still don't understand what's going Interesting on. Interesting that Netflix is producing this. Yeah, though. so this is going to be a Netflix movie. It will be out on the service. So that's probably a reason why we would watch it. Or at least Maureen might start watching it. Is it like The it. Godfather? I don't know. I still don't really understand what it's about. That's why I'm kind of an, on the air. But... I have to give the benefit of the doubt to Martin Scorsese, who's an excellent director, and the the cast is amazing. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll check it out, and I'm sure it will be in the awards conversation. And I think especially so because Netflix is going to be pushing this hard. They did not get their Best Picture win last year for Roma, so you can bet who that won they last will... year again? Green Book. Oh, that's right. Okay. So you can bet that they're going to be pushing this one pretty hard. Okay, so we're both at an eh. Yeah, this will definitely get nominations. But as far as like me wanting to see it, I'm kind of like, well, I don't know about that. Okay, you ready to move on to our next movie? I am. We are talking about Harriet, which is directed by Casey Lemons, a woman of color, starring Cynthia Erivo, Janelle Monet, and Leslie Odom Jr. This is all about Harriet Tubman. So cool. There's not much time. You got to be miles away from here for dawn. Where is she? Follow that North Star. If there are no stars, just follow the river. Listen for them. Fear is your enemy. Whoa. Easy now. I'm gonna be free or die. I don't know if you know how extraordinary this is, but you have made it 100 miles to freedom all by yourself. Would you like to pick a new name to mark your freedom? Harriet Tubman. You are welcome here anytime. If I'm free, my family should be too. I made up my mind, I'm going back. You're confident, composed, when trouble comes. You'll be ready. Papers. Says here you're five and a half feet tall. You ain't more than five feet. Must have won my high boots that day. Why are you back here? It ain't safe. I come to get you. Bring all of you to freedom. Okay, Maureen, your snap judgment. What do you give it? I give it an oh yeah. I'm like I also give it an oh yeah too. Can we just talk about? 
as How far as I'm aware, never been done? yeah, I'm not aware of a movie of Harriet Tubman. She's one of the most famous people in American history. How has there never been a movie? I don't know. I've I learned heavily about her in public school education. I grew up in Virginia, and a large part of our public school education was about Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad. She just she was this like tremendous person who did so much good for that movement and helping to get people to freedom on the you know north side of the Mason Dixon line. I don't know how this movie has never been done, but the trailer looks really awesome. This is one that I'm going to probably cry through because it's going to be so powerful, but also because it's so tr- it's true. And that's like even more like the awful things in this movie really happened and the wonderful things in this movie really happened. I mean, to a certain extent, it's based on history. So I'm going to give a big thumbs up to Cynthia Erivo. She is a Broadway actress. She's British and she does a very convincing Harriet Tubman, at least from the trailer. So I'm excited to see her. I'm going to give a thumbs down to Leslie Odom Jr., who was all was also a Broadway person. He was in Hamilton. He just sort of looks not great in this. But I that's just my snap judgment from the trailer. I am excited to see the movie. So that's two oh yeahs for Maureen and I. Yeah. Should we move on to our next movie? Number three. We are talking about Little Women. Written and directed by Greta Gerwig and starring Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Timothy Chalamet, Laura Dern, and Meryl Streep. I'm working on a novel. It is a story of my life and my sister's. Make it short and spicy. And if the main character is a girl, make sure she's married by the end. Ow, Joe! I want to be an artist in Rome and be the best painter in the world. That's what you want too, isn't it, Joe? To be a famous writer? Yes, but it sounds so crass when she says it. My girls have a way of getting into mischief. Well, so do I. This is Meg, Amy, Beth, and Joe. I intend to make my own way in the world. No one makes their own way. Least of all a woman. You'll need to marry well. But you are not married, aren't you? Well, that's because I'm rich. We can leave right now. I'll sell stories. Joe. And you, you should be an actress and you should have a life on the stage. Just because my dreams are different than yours doesn't mean they're unimportant. I have hey. loved you ever since I've known you, Joe. I couldn't help it. It would be a disaster if we It married, wouldn't be a okay? disaster. We'd be miserable. Joe, we'd be a perfect saint. I can't. A new play written by Miss Joe Marsh. Women, they have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts. I want to be great or nothing. And they've got ambition and they've got talent as well as just beauty. And I'm so sick of people saying that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. All right, Maureen, your snap judgment. What do you give it? Okay. Nope. My snap judgment is a heck no. Oh, no. Leaning towards eh. But here's my thing. The second Josh played this trailer for me, like, uh, I, I, I'm flabbergasted. I have I have no words. I don't know why this movie is being remade. The movie that came out when I was younger that had Claire Danes and Winona Ryder and Susan Sarandon. I mean, like. And Christian Bale. Yes. Oh, Christian Bale as Laurie. He was so dreamy. And young Kirsten Dunst as um, the youngest sister. It was just so good. And it's not that old. Like, I don't understand why. It was released in 1994. Okay, fine. It's old. I'm old. We're all old. It's 25 years. It's not that old. But I don't know why it needs to be redone. Unless they're doing some, like, ridiculously, like, new take on it. I just think that one was a classic. And I don't think it needs to be redone. And I also will say that. I think Timothy Chalamet is incredibly talented, but I don't buy him as this like, like 
guy that all the sisters would be like lusting and in love with, you know, like he's a little bit more passive to me, at least in other things that I've seen him in. And I, I think of Lori as like this really like, you know, virile, like, you know, like strapping like guy. I mean, Christian Bale isn't that like manly, manly, manly. It's not like he's like Thor, but I don't know. I think Timothy Chalamet to me just reads more as like an academic and like much more cerebral than maybe like hunky. Okay, I'm going to give this movie an oh yeah. I know, you're so excited. You just love Saoirse. Okay, I really like Saoirse Ronan. I think she's a tremendous actress. I'm ready for her to win her Oscar. She definitely deserves it. I don't know if she, you know, I don't know if she would win it for this, but she deserves an Oscar. She's really, really good. I also really like- You can't just say someone deserves an Oscar and just give them one randomly. Uh, That's what happened with Leonardo DiCaprio. No. Yes. He deserved an Oscar for so many movies before he won for The Departed. But he slept in a bear. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And he ate raw bison liver or whatever he ate. Whatever. I really like the cast of this. I think the trailer looks especially good. I was really taken by the trailer. Do you, what do you think of, what do you really think of the Okay, cast? so here's what I have to say about Little Women. I have no connection to the source material. It's based on the the novel by Louisa, Louisa May, May Alcott. Alcott. Never read it. I actually don't know what the story is about at all. But the trailer and the people who are involved make me really excited for this. I really like Greta Gerwig. I loved Lady Bird. That was her last movie. I just think it's going to be good. I, I have no frame of reference. This could be a great choice for you for Josh's first time watching Little Women. The old one? The old one. Because but do you I've want never to see the old one before the new one comes out? I almost think you should experience I should the new one I should first. Because you could do it with a clean palette. I knew this was going to get an eh or a heck no from well, you. Yeah, because when I watched the trailer, I was like asking you questions, like making shouting noises. And like, I was just like, time. just just love it. Just love it for what it is. Saoirse Ronan is amazing. Okay. But you but it's not about this movie. You would think she was amazing in anything she was doing. My point is about little women. Does little women need to be remade right now? I don't know, but I was I was not just excited about Saoirse Ronan. I was also the, like the movie looked good to me. Like the cast looks good, it looks well acted, looks interesting enough. I, I still really don't know what the story is about. Don't spoil it, please. Uh don't spoil like a 100-year-old novel or however old it is. We'll have to see the new one bef- and then we'll watch the old one and we'll We'll do a first Josh's first time watching yeah. the 1994 Little Women. Okay, you ready for our next movie? Yes. Okay, this is called Ford versus Ferrari. It's directed by James Mangold, starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Ooh. It is about the true life battle to design a car that could challenge Ferrari what? in a race. What? Okay. Look out there. Out there is the perfect lap. You see it? I think so. Most people can't. Daryl Shelby. Maybe. Lee I. Coke. Ford Motor. Suppose Henry Ford II wanted to build the greatest race car the world's ever seen to win the 24 hours of Le Mans. What's it take? Well, it takes something money can't buy. Money can buy speed. What in about speed? You need a pure racer behind the wheel of your car. That's Ken Miles. I don't trust him an inch. We heard he's difficult. No, no, Ken's a puppy dog. No, whatever it is, Shell, no, trust me. You're gonna build a car to beat Ferrari with a Ford. Correct. And how long did you tell them that you needed? Two, three hundred years? 90 days. (laughs) The 
This isn't the first time Ford Motors has gone to war. We know how to do more than push paper. Go ahead, Carol. Go to war. Josh, what's your snap judgment? My initial snap judgment when I first saw the trailer was, oh, yeah. But now that I've seen it again, I'm going to go with eh. The thing about this movie is I can't tell what the tone of the movie is going to be. Like, it seems in part drama, in part, like, comedy. But I really do like Christian Bale. I would probably see him in just about anything. He did this movie right after he did Vice. So he did the whole thing where he lost a bunch of weight again to play this character. I don't know. I think it looks interesting. It's certainly something I would see, but it's probably not something I'm going to rush to the theaters to go see. I do think it will be an awards contender just based on the people involved. What about you? Heck to the no. What? Oh my gosh. I can't even, I couldn't even, ugh. there are just not enough words to describe how stupid I think this movie looks. After the first like three seconds, you see Christian Bale and his son and you're like, he's like, you think he's going to say something like paternal or lovely or like meaningful about the world or about life. And he's saying something about like the perfect lap. Is that what he was saying? Mm hmm. Yeah, most people can't see it because you're insane and you risk your life all the time. And I don't know. I just can't get behind car stories. I think it looks like the content is not something I'm interested in. So it's going to be a hard sell for me. I think this one, I'm sure that I'll see. I do not need to pay to see this in theaters. So hopefully it comes out. So what you're saying is I need to sneak you into the movie no, theater. No, what I'm saying is I hope it comes out and I can like rent it you know, on streaming or something. I don't know. I'm sure Christian Bale is going to be good. I'm sure Matt Damon's going to be good. But this is kind of like Fast and the Furious, but the classier version. This is like highbrow Fast and the Furious. Okay. I could see that a little bit. Ford versus Ferrari. Is that literally the title? But this is based on a real story. There's plenty of stupid things that happen in life. Or not stupid. Does this story need to be retold for several million dollars? I don't know. We'll have to see once we see the movie. I'm not the target audience. Will here. it be an awards contender? Can you see it being an awards contender? Based on the trailer, no. Huh, interesting. I'm going to have to see their performance. Based on the pedigree involved? Potentially, potentially. Okay. Yeah. You ready to move on to our fifth movie? This is called The Goldfinch, directed by John Crowley, starring Ansel Elgort, Nicole Kidman, and Sarah Paulson. Wow. The story is about a boy taken in by a wealthy family after his mom is killed in an explosion <gasps> at an art museum. This is based on the very, very popular book by Donna Tartt. In Amsterdam, I dreamt I saw my mother again. Same beautiful pale blue eyes. This is the one I was talking about. When I lost her, I lost sight of any landmark that might have led me someplace happier. mother was killed. judgment that is so sad i like i'm i'm that is so sad i was gonna say heck yes or what, what am i oh, saying? Oh, yeah. oh yeah i was gonna say oh yeah but it's so sad i might have to move it to an eh 
I think we're probably going to have to see it and I'm going to have to like make sure that I like block times, just like play with puppies and children for the rest of the day. That's just hard to watch. It's so sad looking. I mean, it's it it definitely the trailer piques your interest because there's so many different like plot lines they hint at and give you like no real context for. But the basic premise of a young boy losing his mother in what I'm assuming is a terrorist act, horrifying. So this will probably win lots of awards and will be devastating to watch. <laughs> like, I, oh, what do you think? I have to give it an eh. I think the movie looks incredibly well done. It looks very well acted. I don't entirely understand what's going on other than the storyline of the boy losing his mother. I don't understand how the painting of the goldfinch, which you see briefly in the trailer, I guess is what they're looking at when the when the explosion happens. I think he takes it home. He takes it home, but I, I don't know. Is that going to be a mystery or something? I'd be interested to read the book. I mean, it, it won a Pulitzer Prize, so it was obviously very well received, very well done. I've heard a lot of people who've read it and really loved it, so I'm sure there are going to be people clamoring to see this movie. It does look good, but I'm I just don't understand enough about what it is to give it an oh yeah it also does feel a little weird to give it an oh yeah <laughs> so sad speaking of ansel elgort though when does west side story come out next year oh so that's not oscars this no, year no. i was like well, that's got to be on this list okay got it all right so i think we both gave it an eh or did you give it an oh yeah no eh. two as it's too sad to be but eh. it does look good and i and i do think you're right it will be an awards contender definitely for for the at least the production design or the cinematography it looks really really nice all right let's move on to our second to last movie this one is called 1917 it is directed by sam mendez starring richard madden and benedict cumberbatch it is about a mission to deliver a message during world war one <laughs> You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion. Yes, sir. Is he alive? And with your help, I'd like to keep it that way. But they're walking into a trap. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you don't, we will lose 1,600 men. Your brother among them. I'm going to give this one an oh yeah. I knew I think, you would. I think it looks really, really good. Are you going to see it in IMAX? If it's out in IMAX, I will see it in IMAX. <laughs> Here's the thing about this movie that I heard. I don't know if this is true, but if it is, give this movie all the awards, all of them. I heard that it was done in a single shot. So they basically planned out because it's about a, the whole movie in one shot. The whole movie is done in one shot. So what they did, you know, because the movie is about these guys trying to deliver a message in a timely manner. They only have a certain amount of time to deliver the message before their troops run into an ambush that the movie was filmed in a single shot. How, what so does it, that mean? No cuts? No cuts. And I don't know if that's true or How not. How can you do that? You have to pause and sleep. No, they would basically, what they would do is they would map it out. They would choreograph the whole thing. They would do rehearsal after rehearsal. They would start at the beginning of wherever the movie took place and they would go through 90 minutes or 100 minutes straight of filming and they would just continue until they got it right. So that the the actual production process would be getting everything in place for the single shot and then doing it. So what you're telling me is this is Grease Live. No, no, not Grease Live. Grease Live had cuts. What I'm talking about is they would basically start the camera on you yeah. if you were in the movie and you were the person who had to deliver the message and they would follow you until you delivered the message or didn't. 
Like it would just follow you. So it's like a theater. It's like a live production, but there's a camera in your face. That's what I've heard. I don't know if that's true or not. It could also be the Birdman technique, which looks like a single shot, but they did it in chunks of, you know, 20 minutes where then they would do an interesting pan and they would do a cut, you know, a hidden cut. But if it is done in one shot, that would be an incredible achievement for a movie about war. The other thing I want to say about this movie is there are not many movies out about World War One. Most of the movies about war are about World War II or Vietnam. So I think it's interesting to do something that's set in World War One. What was your reaction upon seeing the trailer? I'm going to give it an eh. It feels a little like just another war movie, so to speak. But if they did it in one shot, if they If that, that would be one shot thing is true, then that's very interesting. But this is one that I like... I don't think that I would necessarily need to see in theaters. I never saw What was that one you saw like Dunkirk. five times? I never saw that. I only saw it twice. And and that's a movie I would recommend seeing on the biggest screen possible. If you haven't seen it, these kind of movies that are made for the big screen, you've got to see them there. Otherwise, they completely lose their luster. Like we talked about with Gravity. We watched right. it on a TV and, and it was, was just so sort lame. of like, eh, okay, well, what is this? Right. I always appreciate the stories in the war movies because, again, historical fiction is something that really resonates with me because... So much has happened and seeing something so heartbreaking that was true, I think, has a a deeper impact for me. The one shot thing is really cool if that is true. But it's also I have a hard time watching like really violent war scenes like that's just hard in a movie. You kind of know what you're signing up for and it's just hard. So that's why it's an eh for me. Personal preference. Do you think think it could be an awards contender? Yeah, it looks good. Okay. All right. We have one more to talk about. This is A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Directed by Marielle Heller, starring Tom Hanks and Matthew Reese. This movie is all about Mr. Rogers. Hey, I'm looking for Fred Rogers. In here. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Please, won't you be my neighbor? Hello, neighbor. Mr. Rogers. I'm here to interview you. It is so nice to meet you. You okay? Profiling Mr. Rogers. Lloyd, please don't ruin my childhood. This piece will be for an issue about heroes. Do you consider yourself a hero? We are trying to give the world positive ways of dealing with their feelings. Yeah? Like what? There are many things you can do. You can play all the lowest keys on a piano at the same time. What's your snap judgment? I gotta give this one an oh yeah. It looks really good. You know, when I first heard they were doing this about Mr. Rogers, because we watched the documentary about him last year, which was very well done, I was kind of like, do we really need a movie about Mr. Rogers, you know, the, you know, a fictionalized version of, of a true event that happened? After seeing the trailer, I'm in. I think Tom Hanks looks like he's going to do a really good job as as Fred Rogers. And I also really like Matthew Reese as an actor. He was in The Americans. I think he looks like he's going to be pretty good in this. Are you going to give this an eh? This? He's playing the reporter who comes to interview... Mr. Rogers 
for for the story about heroes. Yeah, I'm giving this an eh. I was oh gonna gosh. I was gonna go heck no for a little while. Are you kidding I, me? I, no, I'm not kidding. I'm sure I'm gonna love this. I'm sure I'm gonna cry. I'm sure Tom Hanks is gonna be amazing as he always is. But why are we doing this movie? We just did a beautiful documentary where Mr. Rogers was actually Mr. Rogers. I don't understand why this is being done literally on the heels of that, and that one was kind of snubbed. So to me, it just feels a little like too soon. I don't know. Well, I don't think that they did them in conjunction with one another and they were like, we're going to do this because they did the documentary. They were probably produced by different people. What's the chances that it happened at the same time? You don't, you don't think just this the was... same chances that Deep Impact and Armageddon happened at the same time. Two movies about asteroids hitting the United States. <laughs> that was unfortunate. I mean, like there are movies like that all the time. But you know, Mr. Rogers has been around forever and no one's ever done anything about him. And now it just it just that's just my take. OK, so you give it an eh. Yeah. Thank goodness you didn't give it a heck no. I would be very disappointed in you if you gave it a heck no. All right. Well, I was very much more positive about these, probably because I picked all seven trailers that we watched. But here is the final ranking. There was no movie that I gave a heck no to. <laughs> Hi, I'm Josh, and I love movies. All of them, all of them, all of them, all of them. But the one that came out on top that we were both oh yazzed about is Harriet. So yeah, that has to go to the top of our so list good. to see that one. And then we'll go from there and see see which other ones we get a chance to see. But we will certainly keep you posted on award season as it goes along. If there are other trailers that come out that seem like they might be awards contenders, we'll talk about those. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And let us know when you see any of these films. Shoot us a, a, an email or an Instagram message um, at Vernacular Pod. And we would love to kind of hear your take as you watch some of them. Yeah, absolutely. Maureen, let's move on to teasers wrap up the episode. Maureen, what is your teaser for this week? I'm going to go Queer Eye Season 4 on Netflix. Ooh, back for another season. Back for another season. Just as delightful as ever. I cry every time. I love watching them transform lives. I'm going to say, I mean, it's not spoiler alert because it's not a narrative show, but there's one, they're working with a guy who used to, he's like a young black man and he grew up in a really bad area and he was involved with some gangs and some violence when he was younger and now he's paralyzed from the waist down and has started this foundation and this charity it's called disabled but not really and it's all about empowering people who have disabilities he's he's just transformed his life and he's just this amazing person an amazing father to his daughter and it just it's really inspiring but he in the show they have him meet with face to face the other guy who shot him who has served prison time and came out of prison and the conversation that these two men have is so inspiring i mean it's just it's really cool and this is something that happened when they were like young and in their 20s um and obviously both of their lives were permanently changed one going to jail and one losing you know use of his legs so it was just the show seems i mean obviously it's not a super heavy show it's a little bit more fun and you know makeover type show but they do a lot of really transformational work and i just think it's really cool My teaser this week is something pretty simple. When I work sometimes, I need just some ambient music to help me pass the time as I do my work. And one thing I really love to listen to is scores from movies. And my favorite film composer is Thomas Newman. He's done the music from Finding Nemo. He did the music for a series of unfortunate events. He did American Beauty. He's done a lot of of famous uh, movie scores. And... I recently started listening to him again because he actually did the music for the 1994 version of Little Women. So I was thinking I should listen to this music, see if it's any good. It is, of course, good. So if you're looking for something to pass the time as you work, something that can just play in the background, I would highly recommend the Thomas Newman scores. You can find them all on Spotify. Go check them out. 
All right, that will do it for this week. We have one programming note. We will not be back for an episode next week. It is Labor Day, so we're going to take the day off and enjoy ourselves. And we'll be back the week after that for a brand new episode. Maureen, thanks for another great one. Thanks for another great one. And everyone who is starting school this week or next week, happy back to school, teachers and students alike. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash poppedcast. We would love to hear from you. You can also reach us by emailing thepoppedcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. You had me when I heard Christian Bale, and then you said it's about cars and challenges, and I'm skeptical. I'm really into this snap judgment thing, though. This is right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs>